Demons Discuss, Take 84, the one where we go back to school. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Angela, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Book of Life, Chapter 15. We get to go back to school, as our title says. And unlike the people in the lab who signed an NDA, we did not. So we get to talk about all sorts of things that goes on in there. We like this chapter. Yeah. Thankfully. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A bit of a reprieve from the last two or three, I don't know, (laughs) by this time. Thank the goddess for women scientists. Yes. That too. Miriam saves the day. Miriam and Miss Connolly saves the day too. I didn't mind being at the Bishop House. It's just you could cut the tension with a knife. I like this breath of fresh air. Even though we have a lot of the same players, we're in a new environment Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to be at Yale University. Yes. Plus it kind of tamps Chris down a little bit too. And so does Miriam. So that's good. Yes. He already earned himself a write-up thanks to Miss Miriam. So I know. I love (laughs) that. (laughs) We'll get to that. She's like, whip this place into compliance. I'm like, yes, Miriam. Yes. (laughs) Angela is in the house. Yes. Oh, God. Well, anyway, guys, this podcast has an ad and it's this one that I'm about to read. (laughs) (laughs) What are we selling? We're selling us, not our bodies, you weirdos. Uh (laughs) Our mouths and our minds. For the low, low price of $2 a month, you two can have a taste of the wonky opinions of three cackling Gen Xers that swim in the deep waters of irreverence. Yes, we do. For real, though, this is sponsored by our patrons and We'd like to thank them for helping us muddle through, pay our bills, and keeping us afloat. So, Jean, tell the people what they get out of joining us on Patreon. Joining us on Patreon, you get Val's puppy pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely little tidbits that may not make it out into the mainstream. Early notice of surprises we may be cooking up, including one we're cooking up right now. And as you go up on the tiers, you get swag, you get stickers, you get buttons, you get totes, you get our undying gratitude. <laughs> That's worth a lot. <laughs> Truly is. And you get your name mentioned on our podcast. That's awesome. Sign up today. It will fill your head with nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. More nonsense. That's a great selling point, Jean. Thank you. If you're interested. <laughs> if you're interested in our brand of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slant demons discuss. Well, guys, we're going on to discuss our emails, and we have quite a few. Oh, my God. It's overwhelming. (laughs) I I sent out a call for last-minute discusser emails, and boy, did you all deliver. I sent the email out yesterday, and here we are. Our cup runneth over, so we're going to read them throughout the show, and at the very end, we'll announce the three that triumphed over time and won some bits of swag from us. So, all of you who wrote in... You're getting your emails read, but the first three are getting the prize. So stay tuned to the very end of the episode and we'll reveal it. So let's go on. Who's got something? I have an email from Marceline. Yay, Marceline. Marceline. She says, hi, Lady Demons. I feel I have to break this chapter into sections to express my thoughts. 
Number one, Diana waiting for Matthew at the private club and describing their arrival makes me think of Fifty Shades. While Diana isn't oh. your, air quote, average girl, because she's a witch, like Anna, <laughs> she, she's new to the world of monetary privilege. Like in Fifty Shades, I feel Matthew is mentally just praying Diana will get used to having money. Like it's an easy <laughs> thing to do. It's easier than most people think. I'm telling you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. Uh, number two, the pop culture references in Chris's lab. I just love with a series of books filled with so much science and history. It just warms my heart to know that our beloved Deb is as big a geek as I am. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Number three, Matthew and Chris openly acknowledging the creatures already in the room and bringing their existence to light for all to see gives me hope. Did the humans in the room finding out there were, quote, others working, studying alongside them change their behaviors after they knew? No, it didn't. And why not, you ask? Because our differences shouldn't change how we treat others. We all have the same base needs. We need food and drink to sustain our bodies. We want friends and family, and we all experience emotions such as love and grief. With all that's gone in our world in recent years, I do admire Deb's attempt to create a world where we're all accepting and loving regardless of our differences. Can't wait to hear the next episode. Love you all. Your melting vampire from Phoenix. It'll be 116 degrees next week, oh. and I'm not ready for summer. Marcy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Marceline. I'm melting. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Marceline, make sure your shoes don't melt on the pavement. I don't miss those days in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh. oh. No, no, no. Oh, Jean, what do you have? Oh, I have one from Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Hi there, Demon Divas. This chapter was one of my favorites because to me it was a bit of a role reversal between Matthew and Diana. She seems more confident and grounded for a change. In our hot mess, Matthew seems to be the apprehensive one. The last time I was around students was when Hamish and I were fellows at All Souls. I like the way Deb describes the area and would have loved to learn what the analogy would have been for the Klein Biology Tower. I looked at pictures of this building in the Beinecke. I can see the ice cube tray, but can't picture what the KBT would have represented. No imagination, I suppose. Well, I always thought it looked like a gulag. It was like the worst of Soviet architecture. (laughs) (laughs) At the height of the Cold War. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like the East Berlin special. (laughs) That's hilarious. I just hope we get to see a little of the interaction between the students, Matthew and Miriam in the lab when season three airs. I realized that this was filmed on a tight schedule and under very trying circumstances. Oh, well, not going to be disappointed either way. Thanks for the phantasmagoric job you three talented, knowledgeable ladies do. Goodness. I enjoy your wit as well as your opinions. Keep them coming, please. Peace and love, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. Well, that's very important considering the last yeah. three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> they were very opiniony. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have one from Michelle. Hi, Michelle. She says, hey, demons, I love this chapter. After all the heaviness of the preceding chapters, this one is great content. Relief. The job description for a lab manager, Mother Teresa or Missolini, and Chris gets Miriam. <laughs> Somehow she's the only person that can control his behavior. Also, Chris is the first person to fully appreciate demons and starts off with asking, Who are demons? That's a good point. Yeah, because everybody ignores demons mm-hmm. in this book. Well, I mean, you, you could be asking literally or in a more philosophical sense, Who are demons? <laughs> who are demons? What are <laughs> <laughs> Our demons. Yeah, just sit on your rock and think quietly about it, Chris, while we leave <laughs> it to the grown-ups to sort this out. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, <laughs> I thought the chapter couldn't get better after Matthew says, I do not, nor have I ever, sparkled. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was 
fun, great high point for a lot of us. And then Deb gives us the ball-busting whirlwind of Miriam Shepard. This is the moment where I fell in love with Miriam, was so happy we got more of her in Times Convert from Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. It's true. Miriam, I mean, she's badass in the Shepard. She is a ball-bust, and it's beautiful to see. Well, she's kind of a, she was a ball bust with Matthew too, so it's just yeah, yeah. yeah, with everybody. I mean, don't feel special, Matthew. She does this to everybody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's why Matthew was apprehensive. He knew what was going to happen when Miriam came. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, I don't want to break up that fight. <laughs> like, oh shit, this is not going to go Chris well. Who knew Chris liked it? I don't know. Mm, anyway, we'll spoiler. Let's start the wagon. This chapter discussion is brought to us by Melanie Nelson. Thank you, Thank Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. When we left off in chapter 14, the congregation was on to our heroes. Chris calms his shit down enough to, quote unquote, invites Matthew and Miriam to yell to study creature genes and do all the science stuff. We ended with Diana and Matthew leaving the Bishop house to journey to New Haven and face their next adventure. We open up with chapter 15 and Diana's drinking tea at a schmancy country club in New Haven, made possible by Marcus, the revolutionary rake who happens to enjoy his luxuries. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. of the New Haven Lawn Club, Miss Angela had made a field trip for some reconnaissance there a few years back. Maybe you can tell us a little bit what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. This whole chapter, I was reminiscing of my adventures in New Haven. So New Haven Long Club, it, it's definitely old money. It's not, it's fancy, but not fancy like you would think like uh, Beverly Hills. It's more East Coast boarding like school old, type of fancy. Right. Like, right. That old kind of money. Old money schmant. Yes. That's even scarier. Yeah. Yes. Very, like you, like a Fifth Avenue apartment, not completely like up to date, but it was mm-hmm. of the time they had the the top of the line chandeliers and furnishings and carpets and it's it's definitely uh class nobody did a bad 70s renovation exactly no gold toilets right yeah. Yeah. right <laughs> no, yes. no cart no wall to wall that looked like they bought it out of the catalog for movie theaters yes Yes. And we do have a blog post from that visit. So I will put a link to that in the show notes. I'm going to have to dig way back. God, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was. It was. The way back machine. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is, too, about New Haven is is super town and gown. And it's weird for Diana. It's like you are on faculty there. You really understand. The haves and have-nots. And mm-hmm. as tenured faculty, I would tend to think that she was perceived as more on the have side of the equation than the have-not. Right. They tend to be tenured faculty. Yeah. It's like... So her discomfort is kind of a little bit odd. Yeah. Or maybe she just didn't partake of all the luxuries of being a tenured Or avoided professor. all of the social aspects of it. Yeah. It could be. Ready to start. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. We're going to start with Sol in Virgo. Thank goodness. Yay. When the sun is in Virgo, send children to school. This sign signifies the change of place. So there, we're changing the place. Yepers. And we're on. That's pretty straightforward as it gets for these little yeah, definitely zodiac signs. There's no mystery there. No. We're changing the place. <laughs> we're going back to school. All the things. So more tea, Professor Bishop. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you. 
Right away, he whisked the white porcelain teapot from the table. I looked towards the door, but there was still no sign of Matthew. He was at Human Resources getting his identification badge. Yeah, that's amazing. He's a vampire going to Human Resources. <laughs> Everybody has to go to Human Resources. <laughs> Even the declare mom. Yeah, the, the first and last people you ever see. Right. Yeah. There's no getting a diplomatic passport for Yale. You know, <laughs> I should say diplomatic passport equivalent for Yale. Well, depending on how you depart, the last people you'll see is security. That's true. Don't ask me how I know this. <laughs> Reps of HR, though. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He was getting his identification badge while I waited for him in the rarefied atmosphere of the nearby New Haven Long Club. The hushed confines of the main building dampened the distinctive plunk of tennis balls and the screaming children enjoying the pool during the last week of summer vacation. Three brides-to-be and their mothers had been escorted through the room where I was sitting to view the facilities they would enjoy should they be married here. This might be New Haven, but this was not my New Haven. Here you are, Professor. My attentive waiter was back, accompanied by the fresh scent of mint leaves. Peppermint tea. Living in New Haven with Matthew is going to require some adjustments. My little row house on the tree-lined pedestrians-only stretch of Court Street was far more spartan than any of the residences we've occupied over the last year, whether in the present or in the past. It was furnished simply. Oh, man, she's probably like, oh, my God, I got to move back in this dump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she probably, if they're not even Ikea bookshelves, they're like those those janky ones that kind of like shift back and forth. Right. So back then she thought this is like, hey, this will do. And after she's been, you know, getting used to all the money, she's like, oh, that dumb fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It was furnished simply with flea market finds, cheap pine furniture left over from my graduate student days and a shelf upon shelf of books and journals. My bed didn't have a footboard or a headboard. Get it together, Diana. How old is she, man? Right. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, Never mind a canopy, but the mattress was wide and welcoming. And at the end of our long drive from Madison, the two of us had collapsed into it with groans of relief. We spent most of the weekend stocking the house with essentials, like any normal New Haven couple. Wine from the store on Whitney Avenue for Matthews, groceries for me, and enough electronics to outfit a computer lag. See, that's when I was like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> the Ooh. Apple Store. The Apple Store. I'm going there. Matthew was horrified that I own only a laptop. That's me to everybody else. You only own a laptop. <laughs> what the hell? What is wrong with you? Anyway, we left the computer store on Broadway with two of everything. One for him and one for me. Afterwards, we strolled past residential colleges while the Carolyn, oh, the Carolyn, how do you say that? Carolyn, Angela. Carolyn. Carolyn. Oh, yeah. I got to put a link to that in the show notes, too, because you had a separate post. <laughs> you even got, did you even get one of your requests played? I got to play the Carolyn. We have yeah. in, in the uh, article that you'll post, Val, I, there's a YouTube video of me of them playing the Carolyn and me playing the Carolyn. Yes. How hard was it to play? It's not hard. I mean, well, I, I don't even know how to play, but they told me what notes to hit. So oh. <laughs> you have to do it with some pressure. Well, for you, it was easy, man. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, what, what button do I I didn't okay, even cool. really want to touch it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to ring the bells in some weird way and be in trouble. <laughs> and break something. Yeah, and break something. Break something. <laughs> they told me to do it. <laughs> right. They said I could. Well, and then here, like, I don't really want to play it, but can you video me playing it? <laughs> 
can I fake? Can you get a shot? <laughs> Doing your duck face. What's up? Yeah. Over playing the Carolyn. What's up, yo? <laughs> Let me post it to Insta. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the Carolyn played in Harkness Tower. College and town were just beginning to swell with returning students who shouted greetings across the quad and shared complaints about reading lists and class schedules. One note. Yes, it mm-hmm. is that it really is called Harkness Tower. And Deb is not sure how or if that particular Harkness is related to them, if I recall correctly. Yes. Yeah. Ed- oh. Edward Harkness. And if you go when you go to the Met Museum, especially in the Egyptian section, he's the benefactor of so many things, so many uh-huh. works of art at the at the Met Museum in New York. So how many Harknesses are there, though? It's like, yeah. it's not a common name. Well, apparently it's more common than we thought. <laughs> yeah. True. It's good to be back. I had whispered my hand hooked through his arm. It felt like we were embarking on a new adventure, just the two of us. But today was different. I felt out of step and out of sorts. There you are. Matthew appeared at my elbow and gave me a lingering kiss. I missed you. I laughed. We've been apart for an hour and a half. Exactly. Far too long. Oh, God. Here we go. Mm, It's starting. (laughs) It's simmering. It's starting to bubble. Oh, God. (laughs) You and me against the world, baby. Okay. Here we go. His attention wandered over to the table, taking the untouched pot of tea, my blank yellow legal pad, and the unopened copy of the latest American historical review that we read. Rescued from my overstuffed department mailbox on our way to Science Hill. How was your morning? And Diana says, they've taken good care of me. So they should. On our way into the Grand Brick Building, Matthew had explained that Marcus was one of the founding members of the private club and that the facility was built on land he once owned. Huh. Can I get you something, Professor Claremont? I pressed my lips together. A small crease appeared in the smooth skin between my husband's keen eyes. Thank you, Chip. But I believe we're ready to go. Schmancy. His name is Chip, Chip. by the way. And <laughs> apparently it's, it's Chip's responsibility to know exactly how you rank in the club. I mean, he calls Diana professor. He calls Matthew professor. So he he's in the know. He's the, he's the yeah, guy to yeah. know, probably. Yeah, he's probably the guy you want the, that cool table by the, you know, window. <laughs> he's the guy you press flush with and give him a couple coins here and there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or drop the right name, which apparently he also did right yeah, here. Yeah, Marcus is, I guess. Yeah. It's not a moment too soon. I stood and gathered my things, slipping them into a large messenger bag at my feet. Can you put the charges on Dr. Whitmore's account? Matthew murmured, pulling out a chair. Absolutely, Chip said. No problem. Always a pleasure to welcome a member of Dr. Whitmore's family. It's like, Marcus, I didn't know you had it like that. Right. Marcus is, you know, moving and shaking. He really shouldn't be criticizing his Uncle Baldwin because apparently he took after him in some respects. Yeah. And talking about not taking a lot of time to get used to money. Yeah. No joke. Look at me. I'm establishing the lawn club. (laughs) For once, I beat Matthew outside. Where's the car? I said, searching the parking lot. It's parked in the shade. Matthew lifted the messenger bag from my shoulder. We're walking to the lab, not driving. Members are free to leave their cars here. And it's very close to the lab. He looks sympathetic. <laughs> Matthew's worried about paying for parking. <laughs> I know. You have all that cash. Seriously, dude. <laughs> Mr. I'm going to drive my Jaguar up on the curb is worried about paying for parking. <laughs> That just struck me as funny. And he just put the, t- the charges on Marcus's tab. I know. I know. <laughs> Matthew, are you cheap? It's kind of funny. <laughs> Dude, you're penny pinching. <laughs> 
Uh, well, you know, he is paying with lowly dollars now, so. Yeah, is the exchange rate bad? I don't know. Oh. He looks sympathetic. This is strange for both of us, but the oddness will pass. I took a deep breath and nodded. Matthew carried my bag, holding it by the short handle on top. It'll be better once I'm in the library, I said, as much for my benefit as his. Shall we get to work? Matthew held out his free hand. I took it and his expression softened. Lead the way. We crossed Whitney Avenue by the garden filled with dinosaur statuary cut behind the Peabody and approached the tall tower where Chris's labs were located. My steps slowed. Matthew looked up and up some more. Please, no, not there. It's worse than the Beinecke. His eyes, <laughs> I'll put all, I'll put the pictures in the show notes, guys. <laughs> He's such a building snob. Yeah. <laughs> His eyes were glued to the unappealing outlines of Klein Biology Tower, or KBT, as it's known on, on campus. He likened the Beinecke, with its white marble walls carved into square hollows, to a giant ice cube tray. It reminds me of... Your lab in Oxford was no great beauty, as I recall, I said, cutting him off before he can give me another vivid analogy that would stay with me forever. Let's go. It was Matthew's turn to be reluctant now. He grumbled as we walked into the building, refused to put his blue and white Yale lanyard on. <laughs> I just can't. I won't wear this. I can't help but think of Nancy Kerrigan when she was in the parade at Disney World or Disneyland. And she's like, this is stupid. Oh, yeah. she, she didn't want to put on the, the medal or whatever it was. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> oh my gosh, she got so much shit for that. Yeah. Oh, who hot mic'd her though? That's right. funny. <laughs> Somebody had to have done that on purpose. This is dumb. This bitch has been complaining all morning. We're going to get her. Just give her a hot mic. <laughs> oh my God. As I'm looking at this building, or I mm-hmm. just pulled it up on Google, kind of looks like a high rise in the projects in Chicago. Yeah. It reminds me of Co op City in the Bronx. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's not attractive. It's even less attractive up close. Yeah. Like when you're driving through the Cross Bronx Expressway right before you cross the Connecticut border. Mm-hmm. If you look on the right, the worst buildings in the world, co op cities in the Bronx. Yeah. And yeah. Oh this God. is not one of Philip Johnson's shining moments. Well, no. That's just <laughs> it. I mean, the Yale campus is filled with beautiful collegiate Gothic architecture. I mean, and then you have like this new wave that came in is like in the 60s. That's like classic 60s architecture. Like, this is the latest and greatest thing. It's groovy. Let's build this, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, and it's terrible. Just, Y'all were all high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think Case kind of did the Case. Western kind of did the same thing because mm. they've got a, oh God, who is, what's his name? They've got a Geary building now for the business school and they've got a beautiful like campus as well that's all kind of that university gothic and, and mm-hmm. the art museum's right there and that's all very classical and then they drop one of these big shiny things in the middle of campus yeah and it matches nothing it matches nothing and in 10 years it's going to be like what the fuck is that yeah right now everybody's like yeah that's a gary we know that da, 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 da. aren't we cool and then it's like mm, that's gonna mm. not age well yeah the Klein Biology Tower is exactly like that. I digress. Uh, so. Now I'm being the, uh, now I'm being the building snob. <laughs> <laughs> well, you feel Matthew. I get it. Uh, I know. Because well, I, I I feel his grumbling and his reluctance to go in. I thought it was hilarious of him, like not wanting to put on a lanyard that he's grumbling. You know, like I can just picture Diana like pushing him in the back, like and he's like, I don't want to well, go. Right. <laughs> I do that too. When I don't want to go somewhere, I'm not interested. Blah blah blah. I complain about everything. Yeah. 
everything that bothers me. Well, and the other thing, I'm looking at that that building and it's like, oh man, that's going to be like every 70s era university high rise building ever built on a major campus where the elevators don't work half the fucking time. Yeah. And you're in a lab on floor 12. Even Roach infested. Yeah. That's what I think of. <laughs> well, and, and even vampires are like, ah, shit, I got to walk up 12 flights. This is bullshit. He refused to put on his blue and white yell lanyard with its magnetized plastic ID card around his neck. When the security guard asked him to, Continued to complain in the in the elevator and was glowering as we looked for the door to Chris's lab. It's going to be fine, Matthew. Chris's students will be thrilled to meet you. I assured him. Matthew was an internationally renowned scholar and a member of the Oxford University faculty. See, according to Chris, that wasn't so hot, but whatever. There were a few institutions that impressed Yale, but that was one of them. Not Chris, though. You guys still yeah. there? Oh, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Because I don't have my window up and I'm like, <laughs> we're just listening to you talk about the mean security guard making Matthew put the <laughs> lanyard on. And he was mean to me. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> he's having a bad day. I feel Matthew, though. I mean, I think he's, as a vampire, he's a little bit of an introvert. As am I, I feel like, and I don't want to be the center of attention. Like, you know, you have a little yeah. bit of like, oh, now everyone's going to look at me and talk to me. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's odd of sorts because he's off his turf which is kind of funny because it's, it, it harkens back to an old vampire myth about them needing to have their native soil to you know sleep in right yeah and the fact that he's off his native well native soil in a scholastic sense is in, yeah. it's making him uneasy is kind of funny and he did say like in book one where he's like I have to know my environment mm-hmm. in order to feel comfortable what's funny is it's Diana's environment and she's not even all that comfortable maybe because this is the first time she's like greeting the world with her new husband. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. That's very true. You know, and she's probably worried about him. She's not worried about herself. Yeah. She's worried about him. And they agreed to be out and in the open about who they are. And yeah, they're about it's, to be out in the open <laughs> yep. about who they are. Like, so. Oh, shit. We meant that. <laughs> oh, why? Did, and Chris is going to be a dick about it. So shit. <laughs> there's no backing out. The last time I was around students was when Hamish and I were fellows at All Souls. Matthew looked away in an effort to hide his nervousness. I'm better suited to a research lab. Me too. Put me in a room. Leave me alone. (laughs) I pulled his arm, forcing him to stop. Finally, he met my eyes. You taught Jack all sorts of things. Annie, too, I reminded him, remembering how he had been with the two children that have lived with us in Elizabethan London. That was different. They were, Matthew trailed off, a shadow flitting through his eyes, family. I waited for his response. He nodded reluctantly. Students want the same things. Annie and Jack did. Your attention, your honesty, and your faith in them. You're going to be brilliant at this. I promise. I'll settle for adequate, Matthew muttered. (laughs) He scanned the hallway. There's Christopher's lab. We should go. If I'm late, he threatened to repossess my ID. Really? Matthew, you scared of Chris? I know. (laughs) Matthew's being respectful of his authority. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Matthew Claremont will never be just adequate. He'll always be above and beyond. And even when we have like speaking engagements at the con or whatever, there's three of us. And I feel like we wouldn't let each other fail in any sort of way. So no, you guys got to get over it. Get over yourself, basically. <laughs> yes, you got the Angela. Get a grip. <laughs> Snap out Snap of it. Out of it. <laughs> Chris pushed the door open, clearly frazzled. Matthew caught it and propped it open with his foot. Another minute, Claremont, and I would have started without you. Hey, Diana, Chris said 
kissing me on the cheek. I didn't expect to see you here. Why aren't you at the Beinecke? All right. That's, let's stop right there. Okay. <laughs> I don't care if you're best friends. If you're in a business setting where you're both employed, you don't kiss her. <laughs> That's disrespectful to her as a fellow professor. But they're BFFs, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there's, there's been lawyers in my career I've been BFFs with, but I've never thought to kiss them in the office, even on the cheek, as a platonic gesture. It's like, oh. It's just not done. No, it's not. I don't know. Sorry. Even the simple country lawyers know that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially the simple country lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Special delivery I motioned towards the messenger bag and Matthew handed it over. The page from Ashmole 782, remember? Chris is like, oh, right. He didn't sound the least bit interested. He and Matthew were clearly focused on other questions. You two promised, I said. Right. Ashmole 782, Chris crosses arm. Where's Miriam? I gave Miriam your invitation and will spare you her response. Oh, my girl. Oh, my girl. She'll be here when and if she chooses. Matthew held up his ID card. Even in the employment office, couldn't take a bad picture of him. He looked like a model. I'm official, or so they tell me. Good, let's go. Chris took a white lab coat off of the nearby rack and shrugged it over his shoulders. He held out another one to Matthew. Matthew looked at it dubiously. <laughs> I'm not wearing one of those. <laughs> Damn, Matthew. <laughs> Suit yourself. No coat, no contact with the equipment. Up to you. Well, Chris turned and marched off. It probably didn't. It wasn't tailored to him and it didn't match his aesthetic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can I have a gray one, please? So far, yes. that's not the battle I'm willing to fight, though. You know, just, no. just put it on. Let's go. Yeah. Put it on. Seriously. <laughs> well, it's been hanging in the lab. It's like the visitor lab coat. It might be kind of crunchy, actually. <laughs> so in that respect, I can't blame him. It's kind of like... And he's got a keen sense of smell, too. So it's like... Yeah. Mm, like true. the blazer they'd keep at the fancy restaurant. Or yeah, the, yeah. The necktie <laughs> on, on, on reserve. It's like, ooh, I don't know that I'd want to put that put that on yuck all those jacket required places yes 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 yes. at least some of them had enough sense to just put it over the back of the chair so it was like basically paying lip service to the rule but making people (laughs) put it on it was like yuck (laughs) a woman approached him with a sheaf of papers she was wearing a lab coat with the name Connolly embroidered on it and beaker written above it in red marker thanks beaker chris looked them over good Nobody refused. What are those? I asked. Non-disclosure forms. Chris said, neither of you has to sign them. Beaker looked at Matthew and nodded in greeting. We're honored to have you here, Professor Claremont. I'm Joy Connolly, Chris's second in command. We're short a lab manager at the moment, so I'm filling in until Chris finds either Mother Teresa or Mussolini. Would you please swipe in so we have a record of you when you arrived? And you have to swipe out to leave. It keeps our record straight. She pointed to the reader by the door. Thank you, Dr. Connolly. Matthew obediently swiped his card. He was still not wearing a lab coat, though. Professor Bishop needs to swipe in, too. Lab protocol. And please call me Beaker. Everybody else does. Why? Matthew asked while I fished my ID out of my bag. As usual, I had settled to the bottom. Chris finds nicknames easier to remember, Beaker said. He had 17 Amys and 12 Jareds in his first undergraduate lecture, I added. I don't think he'll ever recover. Happily, my memory is excellent, Dr. Connolly. So is your work on catalytic RNA, by the way. Matthew smiled. Dr. Connolly looked pleased. Beaker, Chris bellowed. Coming, Beaker called. All right. All right. I can't. I can't stand it anymore. 
Okay, I'm putting my phone down. Go ahead. If all of his grad students, part of what you get is your package of lab coats, just like interns at the hospital, with your name fucking embroidered on it. As we see Uh here with Dr. Connolly. So this, Mm -hmm. he can't remember anybody's name and I have to give him nicknames is bullshit. They're wearing their goddamn name on their coat the whole time they're in front of him. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. <laughs> he couldn't be bothered, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's just a huge sign that he can't be bothered. It's not just a matter of endearment or whatever. And as we went back with Aunt Angela, it's, it's kind of a way to needle somebody. I bet she broke a lot of beakers yeah. early on or something. And that's why they call it. Yeah, if that. it's disparaging, I don't like that. Like, you know, mafia nicknames, you know, like Tommy fat ass or whatever. You know, it's like it's bad when, when it's a but disparaging it's nickname. Fun. But it's kind of funny when they call him Tommy fat ass and he's skinny as a rail. Yeah, true. Exactly. Exactly. It's I don't know. The reason's kind of contradictory. It says Chris finds nicknames easier to remember. Like he has a memory problem. And then it says he has 17 Amy's. So I could see like if you're trying to differentiate between Amy C and Amy F and Amy J, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, you but might, this yeah. A, your situation with your PhD lab. Right. And I thought the same thing, too. When they have the name embroidered on the coat, don't cross out the real name. I mean, because yeah. then you're saying Beaker is who she's going to go by. But I all I, I didn't give Chris a pass, but I am thinking he's an HR nightmare because, one, he does this with the names. Two, he, as you'll yeah. s- just hear in a moment, that he HR wouldn't approve how he his job description. <laughs> yeah. And then Miriam comes in. I'm like, you know, he's the kind of person that, you know, gets himself into trouble and needs a good lab manager to keep him out of trouble. But that doesn't excuse the behavior. Yeah. I mean, no. No, he thinks he's better than anybody's critique of him. Yeah. Which we saw off the bat when he got pissed off when Miriam was on the phone and said, yeah, that was great. You had it all laid out right, but your conclusions were wrong. And he like lost his shit. He doesn't like being told he's wrong or he's doing something wrong or something he wants to do. He can't. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay, do you see that a lot in academia? It's not an excuse, you know, just because a lot of people act like assholes isn't an excuse to act like one. I think he got Beaker from the Muppets. Beaker was Dr. Bunsen Honeydews. Yeah, but Beaker's also uh, kind of a sidekick. Ding dong. So, yeah, well, no. <laughs> he always, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew would like set up an experiment and Beaker was like trying to take it over and then it would blow up in his face yeah. and he'd, he'd get the brunt of it. So basically she's oh, Beaker's. So. I know. I know, I know. And I love Beaker. Beaker was one of my favorite Muppets, but... Was he the guy that went, me, 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 Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly Beaker. Okay. It was really had the, like the shock of red hair. I think I've got a Beaker yeah. finger puppet somewhere I got to find. I think I have Beaker socks somewhere too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but in a way, it could be, it could be very disparaging. Oh, yeah. 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 Coming, Beaker called. I sure hope he finds Mother Teresa soon, she muttered to me. We don't need another Mussolini. <laughs> Mother, <laughs> Mother Teresa is dead, I whispered, running my card through the reader. I know. When Chris wrote the job description for the new lab manager, it listed Mother Teresa or Mussolini under qualifications. We rewrote it, of course. Human resources wouldn't have approved posting otherwise. What did Chris call his last lab manager? I was almost afraid to ask. Caligula, Beaker side. <laughs> we really miss her. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> disturbing. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and again, disparaging and then even weird to call a woman Caligula. Well, 
If that's what Chris needs, apparently that's what he needs. He's got some weird kinks. Okay. <laughs> this is just an off thing. Yeah. He's just one of those people I feel like needs somebody to push back on him. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I know plenty of people like mm-hmm. that who will grouch on and be assholes until you push back on them and then they have respect. It also has to be the right per- person to push back on him because some yeah. people, he, he wasn't accepting of Matthew pushing back on him. Eventually kind of mm-hmm. accepted. Nah. I mean, he was still pissing on the leg with the the kiss and greeting and just a few seconds ago. Yeah, he's just being oblivious. But Shelley did say there are a lot of scientists that act like this. Yeah, so. I mean, a lot. it's like a lot of doctors are just not so... But he's not the socially oblivious type because there's a lot of academics and I don't know if because some of them are, are on the uh, spectrum. On the spectrum is what I was thinking, yeah. Who who don't pick up on social cues. Again, going back to the, his whole dichotomy of both being a scholar and a Division One athlete, he picks up on the social cues. He just doesn't give a fuck. He's an egomaniac, basically. Mm, yeah. That's all it is. Matthew waited for us to enter before releasing the door. Beaker looked nonplussed by the courtesy. The door swooshed closed behind us. Damn, Beaker. Has no one treated you right? <laughs> well, clear- Who hurt you, Beaker? Yeah, right. <laughs> Clearly her boss ain't treating her right. A gaggle of white-coated researchers of all ages and descriptions waited for us inside, including senior researchers like Beaker, some exhausted-looking postdoctoral fellows, and a bevy of graduate students. Most sat on stools, pulled up to the lab benches. A few lounged against sinks or cabinets. One sink bore a hand-lettered sign over it that said, rather ominously, this sink is reserved for hazmat. Tina, Chris's perpetually harried administrative assistant, was trying to extricate the filled out non-disclosure forms from beneath a can of soda without disturbing the laptop that Chris was booting up. A can of soda next to a laptop. Chris, you've offended me. That's wrong. (laughs) Trust you. You're not the only one that's going to be offended. (laughs) The hum of conversation stopped when we entered. Oh, my God. That's a woman stared at Matthew and clapped a hand over her mouth. (laughs) Matthew. (laughs) I love it. Matthew had been recognized. Uh, He's a hottie scientist. I know. And I love this. It takes us back to a Discovery of Witches novel one where Valerie, the Valerie in the book is all goo-goo eyes over him. I was like, Valerie, calm down. He's not all bad. You you almost want a meme of it. (laughs) That scene with Valerie made me think of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And this is the same thing, too. It's like, you know, yeah. the I love you on her eyes. Yes. <laughs> hey, Professor Bishop, a graduate student stood up, smoothing out his lab coat. He looked more nervous than Matthew. Jonathan Garcia, remember me? History of chemistry two years ago. Of course. How are you, Jonathan? I felt several nudging looks as the attention in the room swung in my direction. There were demons in Chris's lab. I looked around, trying to figure out who they were. Then I caught the cold stare of a vampire. Hey, it's Richard. Hey, Richard. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Richard. (laughs) He was standing by a locked cabinet with Beaker and another woman. Matthew had already noticed him. Richard, 
Matthew said with a cool nod. I didn't know you left Berkeley. Last year, Richard's expression never wavered. It had never occurred to me that there would already be creatures in Chris's lab. Why not, Diana? Seriously? Okay. I visited him only once or twice. Seriously, and they were best friends. Okay. That was just a side note. And they were both on the same campus? Only once or twice. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Only twice. Only twice. Yes. BFFs. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I visited him only once or twice when he was working alone. My messenger bag suddenly felt heavy with secrets and possible disaster. There will be time for your reunion with Claremont later, Shotgun. Oh, so Richard is named Shotgun mm-hmm. for the audience. Richard is Shotgun. Okay. The former governor <laughs> of Massachusetts, is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is reduced to the ignominy of Shotgun. Yeah. Mm. Richard Bellingham. Yes. Chris said, hooking the laptop to a projector. There was a wave of, of appreciative laughter. Lights, please, Beaker. The laughter quieted and the lights dim. Chris's research team leaned forward to see what he had projected onto the whiteboard. Black and white bars marched across the top of the page, and the overflow was arranged underneath. Each bar or ideogram, as Matthew had explained to me last night, represented a chromosome. This semester, we have an all-new research project. Chris leaned against the whiteboard, his dark skin and white lab coat making him look like another ideogram on the display. Here's our subject. Who wants to tell me? What it is. Is it alive or dead? A cool female voice asked. Good question, Scully. Chris grinned. Why do you ask? Matthew looked at the student sharply. Scully squirmed. Because if he's deceased, oh, the subject is male, by the way, the cause of death might have a genetic component. The graduate students, eager to prove their worth, started tossing out rare and deadly genetic disorders <laughs> faster than they can record them on their laptops. It's like, okay, guys, calm down, slow your roll. And for the, oh, shit, that's pretty much what Chris says. All right, all right. He held up his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, our zoo has no more room for zebras. Back to basics, please. Matthew's eyes danced with amusement. When I looked at him in confusion, he explained. Students tend to go for exotic explanations rather than the more obvious ones. Like thinking a patient has SARS rather than the common cold. <laughs> that didn't age that well either. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a really dated reference. <sighs> Not to mention someone coughs yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. We've advanced oh. since then. <laughs> <laughs> we call them zebras because they're hearing hoofbeats and concluding zebras rather than horses. Thanks. Between the nicknames and the wildlife, I was understandably disoriented. You and half yeah, the me- members of the fandom. Yeah, me too. Like, what? <laughs> Stop trying to press one another and look at the screen. What do you see? Chris said, calling a halt to the escalating competition. It's male, said a weedy looking young man in a bow tie who's using a traditional laboratory notebook rather than a computer. Shotgun and Beaker rolled their eyes at each other and shook their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Scully already deduced that. Chris looked at them impatiently. He snapped his fingers. Do not embarrass me in front of Oxford University or you'll all lift weights with me the entire month of September. Okay. HR problem. Yeah. That's hazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's hazing. a problem right there. 
Oh, yeah, we learned that in the military. That's hazing, guys. No, don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. Everybody groaned. Chris's level of physical fitness was legendary, as was his habit of wearing his old Harvard football jersey wherever Yale had a game. He was the only professor who was publicly and routinely booed in class. Well, I can see why. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever he is, he's not a human. Jonathan said. He has 24 chromosome pairs. Chris looked down at his watch. Four and a half minutes, two minutes longer than I thought it would take, but much quicker than Professor Claremont expected. Touche, Professor Roberts, Matthew said mildly. Chris's team slid glances in Matthew's direction, trying to figure out what an Oxford professor was doing in a Yale research lab. Wait a minute. Rice has 24 chromosomes. Are we studying rice? Asked a young woman. Pinot Noir. Dining. <laughs> studying Pinot Noir. Dining at Branford College. Of course, we're not studying rice, Chris said with exasperation. Since when did rice have a sex hazmat? She must be the owner of the specially labeled sink. Chimps, the young man who offered up his suggestion, was handsome in a studious sort of way with his blue Oxford shirt and wavy brown hair. Chris circled one of the ideograms at the top of the display with a red magic marker. Does that look like chromosome 2A for a chimp? No, the young man replied, crestfallen. The upper arm is too long. That looks like a human chromosome 2. It is human chromosome two. Chris erased his red mark and started to number the ideograms. When he got to the 24th, he circled it. This is what we'll be focusing on this semester. Chromosome 24, known henceforth as CC. So the research team studying genetically modified rice over in Osborne doesn't get the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. The DNA has been sequenced, but very few gene functions have been identified. How many base pairs, Shotgun asks? Somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 million, replied Chris. Thank God, Shotgun murmured, looking straight at Matthew. It sounded like an awful lot to me, but I'm glad he was pleased. What does CC stand for? asked a petite Asian woman. Before I answer that, I want to remind you that every person here has given Tina a signed non-disclosure agreement, Chris said. Are we working with something that will result in a patent? A graduate student rubbed his hands together. Excellent. We're working on highly sensitive, highly confidential research project with far-reaching implications. What happens in this lab stays in this lab. No talking to your friends. No telling your parents. No boasting about it in the library. If you talk, you walk. Got it? Heads nodded. No personal laptops, no cell phones, no photograph. One lab terminal will have internet access, but only beakers, shotgun, and Sherlock. Oh, Sherlock, Sherlock. (laughs) We'll have the access code, Chris continued, pointing to the senior researchers. We'll be keeping lab notebooks the old-fashioned way, written in longhand on paper, and they will be all turned in to Beaker before you swipe out. For those who have forgotten how to use a pen, Bones will show you. Bones, the weedy young man with the paper notebook, looked smug. A bit reluctantly, the students parted with their cell phones, depositing them in a plastic bucket that Beaker carried around the room. Meanwhile, Shotgun gathered up the laptops and locked them in a cabinet. Once the laboratory had been cleared of contraband electronics, Chris continued. This is like being at All Souls Con in Philadelphia when we got to watch the first episode of Discovery Witches. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They took all our phones and put them in Ziploc bags, yo. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
After we signed the agreements, Laura must have got mm-hmm. this protocol from the Book of Life. <laughs> um, I can tell you that, yes, she did. <laughs> Since I had a proofread this NDA. That's what they do in the Intel vault, actually. Yeah. When you go downstairs, they have a big bucket for your cell phones. Leave your cell phones out here. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like done one apart with their cell phones. Like, oh, my God, no one's going to steal your damn cell phone. Put your cell phone yeah. in there. Sign in. Shut up. It's where they give briefs before someone leaves the country. So they'll give the intel on the area. That's why. No cell phones, no nothing. So you can brag to your family who's going to blabber in in a bar somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I say that because it's happened. Anyway. Of course. (laughs) When, in the fullness of time, we decide to go public with our findings, and yes, Professor Claremont, they will one day be published, because that's what scientists do, Chris said, looking at Matthew sharply. None of you will ever have to worry about your careers again. That's promising. Yeah. I'd be rubbing my hands yeah. like, ooh. There were smiles all around. CC stands for creature chromosome. The formerly smiling faces went black. Creatures? Bones asked. I told you there were aliens, said a man sitting next to Hazmat. He's not from outer space, Mulder, Chris said. Okay, so aptly named Scully and Mulder right here. Yep. Yep. Jeez. Good name, I told Matthew, who looked bewildered. He didn't own a TV after all. I'll tell you why later. A werewolf, Mulder said, hopefully. (laughs) Matthew scowled. No more guesses, Chris said hastily. Okay, team, hands up if you're a demon. Matthew's jaw dropped. What are you doing? I whispered to Chris. Research, he replied. Looking around the room, after a few moments of stunned silence, Chris snapped his fingers. Come on, don't be shy. It's like, oh my God, how are you outing me right now? Right. Yeah, true. (laughs) My God. The Asian woman raised her hand. So did a young man who resembled a giraffe with his ginger colored hair and long neck. I should have guessed it. It would be Game Boy and Xbox, Chris murmured. Anyone else? Daisy, the woman said, pointing to a dreamy-eyed creature wearing bright yellow and white clothes, who was humming and staring out the window. Are you sure, Game Boy? Chris sounded incredulous. She's so, um, organized and precise. She's nothing like you and Xbox. Wow, Chris. Yeah, I didn't wow. like that wow. at all. Yeah. <laughs> just like, mm, dude, sit down and wow. shut up. Coming from we you, comment, especially. Mm. We come in all shapes and forms. Y'all look alike. Mm. No. Daisy doesn't know it yet, Game Boy whispered, her forehead creased with concern. So go easing on her. Finding out what you really are can freak you out. That's what I'm saying. That's insensitive. How are you going to... Right off the bat like that, too? Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. What's a demon, Scully asked. A highly valued member of this research team who colors outside the lines. See, and I feel like that is pigeonholing them, too. Mm -hmm. Well, Because not all demons are like that. Yeah, here you go. One second. Chris's response was lightning quick. Shotgun presses the lips together in amusement. Oh, was Scully's mild response. I must be a demon too, then Bones claim. Wannabe Game Boy mother. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love me some Game Boy. <laughs> Matthew's lips twitch. Wow, demons. I knew Yale was a better choice than John Hopkins, Mulder said. Is this Xbox's DNA? Xbox looked at Matthew in silent entreaty. Daisy stopped humming and was now paying guarded attention to the conversation. Matthew, Shotgun, and I were the grown-ups in this situation. Telling humans about creatures shouldn't be left to the students. I opened my mouth to reply, but Matthew put a hand on my shoulder. It's not your colleague's DNA, Matthew said. It's mine. 
You're a demon too? Mulder looked at Matthew with interest. No, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I am a vampire. Matthew stepped forward, joining Chris under the projector's light. And before you ask, I can go outside during the day. My hair won't catch fire in the sunlight. I'm Catholic and I have a crucifix. When I sleep, which is not often, I prefer a bed rather than a coffin. If you try to stake me, the wood would lightly splinter before it enters my skin. He bared his teeth. No fangs either. And one last thing. I do not, nor have I ever, sparkled. And that's <laughs> an the yes. best line. Yeah. Yep. Matthew's face darkened to emphasize the point. I had been proud of Matthew on so many previous occasions. I'd seen him stand up to a queen, a spoiled emperor, and his own awe-inspiring father. His courage, whether fighting with swords or struggling with his own demons, were bone deep but nothing compared to how I felt watching him stand before a group of students and his scientific peers to own up to what he is. And right now, I believe, according to Deb, you can cue up the song Brave by Sarah Bareilles. That was she. It's on her playlist and it's meant for this particular scene. Yep. I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, how old are you? Mulder asked breathlessly. Like his namesake, Mulder was a true believer in all things wondrous and strange. 37. I heard exclamations of disappointment. Matthew took pity on them. Give or take about 1,500 years. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's being playful. Yeah. Holy shit, Scully blurted, looking as though her rational world had been turned inside out. That's older than old. I just can't believe there's a vampire at Yale. You've obviously never been to the astronomy department, Game Boy said. There are four vampires on the faculty there. And that new professor in economics, the woman they hired away from MIT, is definitely a vampire. (laughs) We'll find out more about that later. (laughs) Rumor has it there are a few in the chemistry department, but keep to themselves. There are witches at Yale, too. My voice was quiet. I avoided shotgun's eyes. We've lived alongside humans for millennia. Surely you'll want to study all three creature chromosomes, Professor Roberts. I will. Chris's smile was slow and heartfelt. Are you volunteering your DNA, Professor Bishop? Let's take it one creature chromosome at a time. Matthew gave Chris a warning look. He might be willing to let students pour over his genetic information, but Matthew remained unconvinced about letting them pry into mine. Jonathan looked at me appraisingly. So it's witches who sparkle? So, hmm. It's really more of a glimmer, I said. Not all witches have it. I'm one of the lucky ones, I guess. Saying the words felt freeing. And when no one ran screaming from the room, I was flooded with a wave of relief and hope. I also had an insane urge to giggle. Lights, please, Chris said. The lights came up gradually. You said we were working on several projects, Beaker prompted. You'll be analyzing this, too. I reached into my messenger bag and drew out a large manila envelope. It was stiffened with a cardboard insert so the contents wouldn't be bent or damaged. I untied the strings and pulled out the page from the Book of Life. The brightly colored illustration of the mystical union of Sol and Luna shone in the lab's fluorescent lights. Someone whistled. Shotgun straightened, his eyes fixed on the page. Yeah, that's right, Shotgun. That's the page yeah, you've been uh-huh. about. Mm. <laughs> that's what you think it is. Hey, that's the chemical wedding of mercury and sulfur, Jonathan said. I remember seeing something like that in class, Professor Bishop. I gave my former student an approving nod. Pat, pat on the head, Jonathan. Yep. Shut up now. <laughs> the adults are talking now. <laughs> Shouldn't that be in the Beinecke? Shotgun asked Matthew, or somewhere else that's safe. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, shotgun's like, shouldn't that be safe? What are y'all doing with this? What, what, the, what the what the fuck can I get myself into here? The emphasis he placed on safe was so slight that I thought I might have imagined it. The expression on Matthew's face told me I hadn't. Ooh, surely it's safe here, Richard. Why is it not safe, Richard? What's going on, Richard? Are <laughs> you bringing me back to the marathon, man? Is it safe? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? The, the prince assassin was back in Matthew's smile. It made me uncomfortable to see Matthew's lethal persona among the flasks and test tubes. What are we supposed to do with it? Mulder asked, openly curious. Analyze its DNA, I replied. The illumination is on skin. I'd like to know how old the skin is and the type of creature it came from. I just read about this kind of research, Jonathan said. They're doing empty DNA analysis on medieval books. They hope it will help date them and determine where they were made. Mitochondrial DNA recorded what organism had inherited from its maternal ancestors. Maybe you can pull those articles for your colleagues in case they're not as well read as you are. Matthew looked pleased that Jonathan was up to date on literature. Gold stars for Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan is like doing his thing. He's doing it, but he should sit down, though. Yeah, yeah, let's get back to this whole thing with Richard. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll be extracting nuclear DNA as well as mtDNA. That's impossible, Shotgun protested. Okay, Shotgun, you're starting to annoy me. Well, not like that, why, why, would, why would Richard think anything's impossible? He's lived, I mean, slightly longer than Marcus, but, you know. Yeah, well, there's, at least slightly longer than Marcus. We don't know if he wasn't a vampire when he was a governor of Massachusetts. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, change is the only constant. He should know that. Yeah. The parchment has gone through a chemical process that turns skin into a writing surface. Both its age and the changes it underwent during manufacture would damage the DNA, if you could even extract enough to work with. It's difficult, but not impossible, Matthew corrected. I've worked extensively with old, fragile, and damaged DNA. My methods should work with this sample, too. Now, see, so Richard wasn't so far off. No. Matthew was not sharing his techniques with anyone, either, if you remember That's that. True. He was being Mr. That's right. Richard was like, why didn't you tell me, bro? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I thought we were <laughs> friends. But Isabel would not approve of that's impossible. Yeah, no. no. There were excited looks around the room as the implications of the two research plans sank in. Both projects represented the kind of work that all scientists hope to do, no matter what stage of their career they were in. You don't think cows or goats gave up their hide for a page, do you, Dr. Bishop? Beaker's uneasy voice quieted the room. No, I think it was a demon, a human, and a vampire, or a witch. I'm pretty sure it wasn't human skin, but I couldn't rule it out entirely. Human? Scully's eyes popped out at the idea. Okay, only when it's your skin, then you worry about it, bitch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we see how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. The prospects of other creatures being flayed to make a book didn't seem to alarm her. Oh. Uh, anthropodermic biblia... Biblia... Bibliopegy. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> Bibliopegy. Fuck, these fucking words. Bibliopegy. Bibliopegy? Bibliopegy. Okay. I was just so proud of myself and that I got through the first word. <laughs> and I don't know the word. I just heard Jennifer Aketa tell me today. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I thought it was a myth. Technically, it's not anthropoc. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't do it again. <laughs> AB. It's not AB. It's not AB. <laughs> I said the book this came from isn't just bound in creature remains. It's completely constructed from it. 
Why? Bones asked. Why not? Daisy replied enigmatically. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I like what? Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy's all, you know, dreamy eye, and then all of a sudden she's like, why not? Daisy's very much like Agatha with her yes. intuitiveness and with her gift for prophecy. It, yeah, it's like the Blackwell's conversation. Yes, yeah, very much so. It is. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Matthew said, plucking the page from my fingers. We're scientists. The whys come after the what's. Good to know. Thanks. Let's get everybody focused. <laughs> Driving out of the ditch now. Matthew's in charge. <laughs> I think that's enough for today, Chris said. You all look like you need a break. I need a beer, Jonathan muttered. All right, Jonathan, have your brew. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit early in the day, but I completely understand. Just remember, you talk, you walk, Chris said sternly. That means no talking to each other outside of these walls either. I don't want anyone to overhear. If someone did overhear us talking about witches and vampires, they just think we were playing D&D, Xbox said. <laughs> Game Boy nodded. No talking. Chris Leave it to the demons to want to be chattering. Yeah. yeah well, you don't I mean, know if the likes of Peter Knox is the one listening. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget there's also there are vampires in the astronomy <laughs> department. You're right. And, and Peter Knox doesn't know about Dungeons and Dragons. Come on. Yeah. yeah. He's not, he's going <laughs> to jump to an entirely different conclusion. Yeah. He's got his own conclusion, Matt. Yo, the door swooshed open a tiny woman in a purple miniskirt, da, da, da. red boots, yeah. black t-shirts. That red, stand back. I'm going to try science. Trumpets or something. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have, uh, should they be royal trumpets? Yes. yes. She gets yeah, royal, royal trumpets. Because she's technically nobility. She is nobility. <laughs> she's the head of her own clan. Dude, I'm going to see if I can get some of these t-shirts for our prize winners. I wonder if I can find these again. The stand back and we're yes. going to try science. Yes. Originally, I was going to do the Mad Bad and Dangerous, but these would be mm -hmm. cool, especially uh -huh. for this chapter. All right. I'm going to try discussers. I'm going to try. Anyway, Miriam Shepard had arrived. Who are you? Chris demanded. Your worst nightmare and new lab manager. Hi, Diana. Miriam pointed to the can of soda. Whose is that? See, Miriam? See what they're doing in this lab? I know. It's chaos. It's utter chaos. <laughs> Mine, Chris said. No food or drink in the lab. That goes double for you, Roberts, Miriam said, jabbing her finger in Chris's direction. Human resources didn't tell me they were sending an applicant, Beaker said, confused. I'm not an applicant. I filled out the paperwork this morning, was hired, and got my dog tags. Miriam held up her ID card which was, as mandated, attached to her lanyard. But I'm supposed to interview, Chris began. Who did you say you were? Miriam Shepard. And HR waved the interview after I showed them this. Miriam pulled her cell phone out and her waistband. I quote, have your ass in my lab at 9 a.m. and be prepared to explain my mistakes in two hours. No excuses. Miriam removed two sheets of paper from her messenger bag, which was stuffed with laptops and paper files. Who's Tina? I am a smiling Tina. Step forward. Hello, Dr. Shepard. Hello. I've got my hiring manifest or health insurance waiver or something for you. And this is Robert's formal reprimand for his inappropriate text <laughs> message. Love it. File it. <laughs> File it. <laughs> That's even better than read your fucking email. Yeah. File it. <laughs> Miriam handed over the paper. She slung the bag from her shoulder and tossed it to Matthew. I brought everything you asked for, Matthew. 
the entire lab watched open mouth as the bag full of computers sailed through the air. Matthew caught it without damaging a single laptop, and Chris looked at Miriam's throwing arm with naked admiration. Thank you, Miriam, Matthew muttered. <laughs> I trust you've had an uneventful journey. His tone and choice of words were formal, but there was no disguising his relief at seeing her. I'm here, aren't I? She said caustically. Miriam pulled out another piece of paper out of the back pocket of her miniskirt. After examining it, she looked up. Which one of you is Beaker? Here, Beaker walked towards Miriam, her hand extended. Joy Connolly. Oh, sorry. All I have is this ridiculous list of nicknames drawn from the dregs of popular culture, along with some acronyms. Miriam shook Beaker's hand and drew out a pen out of her boot and crossed something out. She scribbled something next to it. Nice to meet you. I liked your RNA work. Sounds stuck. Very helpful. Let's go get coffee and figure out what needs to be done to whip this place into compliance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that she had like a top three must do things when she gets there. <laughs> and Chris wasn't any of them. No. Yeah. He was left uh, out of the conversation as he should have yeah, been. Yeah. It's just like, fuck this <laughs> yes. shit, I'm out. The closest decent coffee is a bit of a hike, Beaker said apologetically. Unacceptable, Miriam made another note on her paper. We need a cafe in the basement as soon as possible. I toured the building on my way up here, and that space is wasted now. <laughs> oh, I love her. Should I come with you, Chris asked, shifting on his feet? Not now, Miriam told him. Surely you have something more important to do. I'll be back at one o'clock. That's when I want to see, she paused and scrutinized her list, Sherlock, Game Boy, and Scully. What about me, Miriam? Shotgun asked. We'll catch up later, Richard. Nice to see a familiar face. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> I know who sit down. I like that. It's like, I know who you are. We'll talk later. Yeah. Yeah. She looked down at her list. What does Roberts call you? Shotgun. Richard's mouth twitched. I trust it's because you're speedy sequencing, not because you've taken to hunting like humans. Matthew's eyes narrowed. Is what we're doing here going to be a problem, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> Eyes on you, Richard. Yeah. Da, da, da. Everybody's looking. Is this a problem, Richard? <laughs> Better not be. <laughs> Can't imagine why, Richard said with a small shrug. The congregation and its concerns are way above my pay grade. And I can't. Mm. Yeah. Good. Miriam surveyed her openly curious new charges. Well, what are you waiting for? If you want something to do, you can always run some gels or unpack supply boxes. There are plenty of them stacked up in the corridor. Everyone in the lab scattered. Thought so. She smiled at Chris. He looked nervous. As for you, Roberts, I'll see you at two o'clock. We have your article to discuss and your protocols to review. After that, you can take me to dinner somewhere nice with steak and a good wine list. Chris looked dazed and nodded. Can you give us a minute? I asked Chris and Beaker. They moved off to the side, Beaker grinning from ear to ear and Chris pinching the bridge of his nose. Matthew joined us. You look surprisingly well for someone who's been to the 16th century and back, Matthew. And Diana's obviously, what is that? Enceinte. Um, Enceinte. Okay. Oh, French word for pregnant. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but I'm like, you're just going to read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Diana is obviously enceinte, Miriam said, using the French word for pregnant. Thanks. Are you at Marcus's place, Matthew asked. That monstrosity on Orange Street? No chance. It's a convenient location, but it gives me the creeps. Miriam shivered. Too much mahogany. You're welcome to stay with us on Court Street, I offered. There's a spare bedroom on the third floor. You'd have privacy. Thanks, but I'm around the corner at Galglass's condo, Miriam replied. What condo, Matthew frowned. The one he bought on Wooster Square. 
Some converted church. It's very nice, a bit too Danish in decor, but far preferable to Marcus's dark and gloomy period. Miriam looked at Matthew sharply. Galaglass did tell you he was coming with me. No, he did not. Matthew ran his fingers through his I knew just how my husband felt. The Declaremonts have switched into overprotective mode. Only now they weren't protecting just me. They were protecting Matthew Yay. as well. Yay. This was a good chapter. It was a good chapter. It's and there's one last chapter. article you can put in the show notes is my visit to Gallo Glass's condo. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and we, we're kind of famous for your visit to Gallo Glass's condo. For all of you listeners who have the world of all souls, the photograph of Gallo Glass's condo is courtesy of Angela. Yeah, my visit. <laughs> it was and good. we are actually credited in the front. Yes, we got a photo credit. Yeah, we got a photo credit in there. So th- it says like, thank you to Demon's Domain somewhere yep. in there. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, we were screaming for days about yes. that, but it's just, it's just kind of like, we just put your name in bitches. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, but, our is, but our name is in there, bitches. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Any last thoughts before this? I mean, cause Richard didn't stick out to me like he did this time. I mean, no, you're right. He didn't either. No. I mean, the, he was a little Easter egg, but that I didn't think much more beyond that. Yeah. So, you know, shotgun has a little bit of a personality. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sit down, Richard. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, way above my pay grade. <laughs> We're not going to have a problem, are we, Richard? And Richard's like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, um, no, uh, no. This isn't no. the Hunger Games. Uh, no, yeah. but, the thing, but I, the thing I like is like, Miriam's all, hey, nice to see you. We'll catch up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very collegial. And he was like trying to get her attention. He's like, what about me? Don't you want to talk to me? God. <laughs> 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 uh, anything else about this chapter before we gavel it? It, it? Like Angela said, it was fun. This was a fun chapter. If for me, for way different reasons, probably than for a lot of people. But Matthew was, even in his discomfort, he seemed more comfortable in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. He was playful. He was kind of outgoing for him. He wasn't all stormy and stern. And the truth is freeing. Yes. yes. Yeah. There was, there was a more- lot accomplished in this chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, for 1500 years of secrets, yeah. he did rather well. Yeah. It, I and mean, it didn't were- come off as an info dump either. No, no, no. The nice thing was is the way they worked with Game Boy and Daisy was I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some compassion there. And, and we got I didn't the- like Chris outing them like no. that though. There was a range of reactions, and unfortunately, I think some of the humans did the worst. Chris and was it Scully? Yeah. With her, oh, oh my God, it might be humans. Yeah. Humans? What? Eh? Yes, humans, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> We're all implicated in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Though I yeah. find it kind of odd because was it Harvard or Yale actually owns a book in their collection that's got human skin human skin in there yeah because yep. it was and that was like an executed dude i think i think i can find an article of that boy the show notes are gonna be full this time yeah. guys so <laughs> definitely pay attention oh a note on that the episode notes if you have apple podcasts they have not been coming out correctly i don't know apple did some nutsy stuff yeah they they messed around they're changing the platform slightly so you no longer subscribe you follow quote unquote oh. it's the same shit but they fucked with the episode notes so if i put a link in there it won't work so if you go in the episode notes click my link to the show notes and it'll take you and you'll get all your links okay just that was just a side note what else do i have to say yeah let's gavel this bitch yep going once going twice sold Sold. on housekeeping 
This episode's housekeeping is brought to us by Amy Austin Taggart. Thank you, Amy. And uh, Thank perfect. you. We are recording today on National Knit and Public Day, and Amy is the one of the co-founders of the All Souls Yarn Conventicle. Whoa! So, talk about serendipity. Serendipity. Mm. No joke. Nice. Housekeeping. Okay, who's got something? I have something from Chloe, our vampire down under. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Chloe. What's up? She says, hi, Demon Divas. This chapter is so adorable and funny to me. I love Matthew in the lab because he's finally back in his element. Pun not intended. Matthew was oh. born to be a teacher, not sitting alone in a lab. Chris cracks me up and I love his sense of humor. Academia is a strange place and you have a strange sense of the world. I can't wait to see this play out on the TV show. It's going to be amazing. Till next time, demons, your vampire down under, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. I hope they include a lot of this. Yeah. I have one from Melanie that follows up on kind of the same thing. Chris's obsession with Miriam, mild curiosity or intense crush. I think he wants to get crushed under a boot, quite frankly, Melanie, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) I love this chapter, bringing the secret out into the open. I know we'll likely not see all these characters in season three because of COVID, but I really love the variety of lab characters. Just some quick thoughts. Looking forward to hearing your perspectives. XOXO, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. It's a shame. I know. It's a shame. This was actually a great scene from the Book of Life, and I really hope they show it. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they find a way. Although I think it might be another solitary lab like Matthews in Oxford, just because they couldn't have so many people on set. Right. Yeah. And bringing people in and out. All right. So mine is from Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Catherine. Hello. She says, hi, demons. Hope you're all well. Chapter 15 always makes me smile. And the students bring an innocence to the story with their acceptance of each other and their joy for learning. But my favorite part is Miriam stealing the scene completely with her grand entrance. You just know that the lab will be running her way within a few hours. That's true. Mm-hmm. A few minutes, according to what we saw. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be coming along. Another thing I picked up on was the distance Matthew had put between himself and his wider family, not knowing that Galglass had a home in New Haven when they had been so close for such a long time. Or maybe Galglass pulled away from Matthew to avoid letting anything slip about the time traveling. Or maybe the Diana thing, too. Yeah. Well, I was I was going to say, he he would keep it for Matthew that he was hanging out in New Haven, especially after Diana was alive and under his surveillance. Right. Because he could not run the risk of Matthew running across her too early. Of course, he's not going to say, hey, come visit me in New Haven. Meanwhile, they run into Diana and meet another way. And that's, that fucks everything up. Damn. Anyway, I hope this helps with the episode. And I just want to thank you. I was shielding for most of 2020 and re-listening to the show alongside rereads and rewatches for season one that helped me get through things. Lots of love from Catherine in Wales. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. So glad it helped. We miss Wales. Yeah, we do. We miss any place. Glad we can keep you company. (laughs) All right, guys. So on to save it for the show. Do you know what we say for the show? More emails. More emails. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The saver for the show is brought to us by Shelly Carter. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Seems suitable that, you know, we have Shelly as sponsoring Save It for the Show in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't even cross my mind. So it's more serendipity. I know. Like, I feel like I should go buy a lottery ticket after I'm done here. Right. <laughs> Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Who's got something? I have something from our journeyman demon, Zoe, and a glass or two of rosé. Oh, 
yesterday Yay, was Zoe. Yesterday was National Rose Day, or was it Thursday? But I like ooh, her style. I so do I. <laughs> okay, she says, "Hey, Angela, Jean, and Val. Last minute, discuss your email. How can I resist?" Chapter 15, she puts in quotes, more tea, Vicar? Sorry, Professor Bishop. No coincidence, even if it's a bit of a British joke. Great first line anyway. New Haven Lawn Club. I don't know much about lawn clubs or New Haven for that matter, whether it's Diana's or anyone else's, but loved hearing about their shopping activities. It sounded like my kind of weekend. I agree. Especially mm-hmm. two of everything. Who couldn't resist? And I love to hear the Carolyn played in Harkness Tower. Shout out to Deb. And then put it on Dr. Whitmore's account. Marcus owns the joint? Wow. Then <laughs> <laughs> then we're off to Chris's lab and his childish nicknames. I'm backing out there. Although I'm so pleased <laughs> although I'm so pleased that Miriam turns up. That will sort Chris out. Enjoy the rest of the chapter. It's Friday night. I'm a bit drunk and watching REM documentaries. I gotta get on oh that. My God. I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know there were REM documentaries. I gotta get on that. Yeah, I know. I know. So a la prochaine, as the French say, means until next time. Love to you all, your faithful journeyman demon, Zoe XO. Oh, Thank Zoe. you, Zoe. Thank you. That was a perfect little capsule. I know. Yeah. I have one from Samantha R. Hi, Samantha. Hello, demons. So good to hear from you today. Let's see. Chapter 15, Runs and Grabs Book. Ooh, New Haven. I love this part of the book. We're getting somewhere now, and all the little details about the town and the Yale campus are perfect. I love how Deb's writing always puts me right in the scene. Now, I know y'all have intense feelings about Chris, but despite his tendency to be a bit of a clueless asshole, he's one of my favorite (laughs) characters. And maybe that's just because he jumps in out of nowhere and starts moving things forward. Stand back. We're going to try science. (laughs) I, I will agree with you, Samantha. I am happy with what Deb accomplishes with Chris's character, but I can't go so far as to say I like him. I like what is accomplished through the use of him. Though yeah, I think yeah. I probably would have ex- executed a little bit differently. But yeah, he, he kicks things into gear, which is excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Even though it was clunky. Anyway, anyway. it got things moving. Yes. <laughs> the best part of this chapter for me is the scene with everybody in the lab. The humans learn first that creatures exist and second, just how many creatures are among them. It's an important moment that awareness and acceptance. We are all in this together. And then there's Miriam. You know, the thing I love about Chris and Miriam's conversation in chapter 13 was that he kept her talking as Matthew asked and ultimately got her mind off of Benjamin and back to her normal badass self. And now she just walks into that lab and just fucking takes over. She puts him in his place and I am here for it. Yep. So are Great. we. <laughs> That's all I've got off the top of my head. I hope it helps. Sending all my love to you and to all the listeners. Samantha R. Thank, Thank you, you, Samantha. Samantha. I have one from Amy. Amy, hi. Hi, Amy. She says, hello, demons. I'm very excited for this chapter. Science. And chapter 15. And that just reminds me of that damn song. Science. Life, 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 science. Science. <laughs> science. <laughs> Science! (laughs) In chapter 15, there are many fun elements, but the big things are all in the lab. From Matthew's Twilight reference to Miriam's glorious entrance, this chapter is full of jokes. My main complaint in this chapter is, why no witches? Chris's lab has demons and even a vampire, but not one witch. I guess Diana counts as the witch. I don't know. I really felt that that was missing. It would have been fun to have a science witch working on the page, too. Yeah. Plus the beauty of all three creatures, plus humans working in the same lab, would bring everything full circle. I truly think that the main theme in The All Souls is 
that we're better together. Or we need to have all creatures come together or die. I love that the TV show is pushing this too. They need to stop segregation and come together, even to work with humans. Even though there's a lack of witches in the lab, I love the demons, especially the one demon who doesn't know what she is yet, Daisy. It gives us more insight into demons and the idea that they can go into adulthood without even knowing. I also love that the other two demons try to protect her because they know how scary it is to find out the truth. And lastly, I love Chris when he defends his students. When one of the humans asks what a demon is, he replies, a highly valued member of this research team that colors outside of the line. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. Fine. (laughs) He he put a lid on bullshit. Uh, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Any good coach does that. Yeah. This one line might be why so many people love Chris. His easy acceptance and defense of the other is amazing. Sure. Granted. And then Matthew does a good twilight joke and Miriam comes striding in and puts Chris in his place. This chapter has so much good stuff. It was a nice break from the bad seed. And I think that reader needed it. Have a wonderful weekend, demons. From Amy, your witch in the Wasatch. Okay. I like it. Thank you, Amy. Hey, and I was going to say, I think we can Mm -hmm. blame the lack of witches in the lab on all those stupid male witches back in the 16th century. Mm. Yeah, the wizards, the wizened ones. Stupid wizards. (laughs) Dumb wizards. (laughs) Who's next? I have one from Kristen. Hi, Hi, Kristen. Kristen. Dear wonderful lady demons, I finally get time at the right moment to write you for the first time. Yay! (gasps) Yay! Oh, my God! Yeah, she says yay and I say yay. I got into your podcast with all my lockdown walks during all of those wonderful weeks of Discovery of Witches Season 2. I got caught up with you all, and now I'm so excited to go through the Book of Life. So Chapter 15, this one always feels like a major point of no return. Matthew has clearly admitted to being a vampire to individual people before, but this is a whole room full of humans and creatures. Creature DNA and the Book of Life are now out in the world, in another lab, not controlled by him. I can give him a bit of leeway being so grumpy and petulant on his way into the lab. <laughs> I agree. Totally. Yeah. Love the humor, Mulder and Scully. Bet the computer store loved its bonanza. Two of everything. And I wonder- Yes, please! <laughs> yes. Who, got that, who got that commission? <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder how Matthew gets explained as a member of Dr. Whitmore's family. Definitely not as his father. But best of all is Miriam. Walks in owning the place. She's also finding the person who seems to be able to neutralize Chris's one-upmanship and posturing. That's a great way to put it. Neutralize Yes. See straight through it and won't take it. Love her and I know I for one needed that. Finally, I, I just love Diana's encouragement to Matthew when thinking about facing students. Students want the same thing Annie injected. Your attention, your honesty, and your faith in them. Think we could all remember that in all kinds of situations. I agree. You know, when she yeah. was giving Diana that, or Diana was giving Matthew that advice, I'm like, Deb has done some really great encouragement on, I mean, I know it comes from her teacher point of view, but also she gives great encouragement as parents, you know, just the basic yeah. needs of what people need. Anyways, yeah. back to Kristen. <laughs> trying to hear what you all have to say on this chapter. I'm always learning something new and looking at these books and so many other things in a new way whenever I listen to you. Kristen. Well, thank wow. you, Kristen. Thank you, thank Kristen. You. Kristen. And welcome. Jean, who do you have? Wendy. Yay! Yay, Wendy! Wendy. Also, it's con, Wendy, for those of you who made the trek to Wales with us. Hello, Lady Demons. It's been a while, but when the call came for Chapter 15, I had to reply. Oh, good. This chapter always makes me laugh out loud repeatedly, but the best is when Matthew says, and one last thing, I do not, nor have I ever, sparkled. 
<laughs> Given my continuing love for Twilight and Twilight fan fiction, I always giggle over Deb's poke and Matthew's glower. Side note, I hope this line makes it into season three of 8 Out TV. Yes. I hope so, too. And then we have Miriam's arrival. The t-shirt game is strong, and Chris has met his match. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Book of Life for its lightheartedness in the middle of the ongoing drama. Hope all is well, ladies, and thank you for being a bright spot in a difficult time. Hugs, Wendy. Hugs back, yes, Wendy. Wendy. So good to hear yep. from you. And it's just a great little email. Thank you. It is. I want to say she's the one that started calling us Lady Demons. Yes, she is. She is. She is the original of the Lady Demons. (laughs) Wendy and and Shelly were sitting, was it in the lobby at the Nopsy in New Orleans? She's like, look, the Lady Demons. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, what? Oh, Lord. Yeah, we came down the elevator. I think it was the day for breakfast. Yeah, the day after we had arrived, and all of a sudden, Wendy, we had never seen her before, but she pointed at us and she's like, "It's the Lady Demon." <laughs> and and then, like, fast friends since she was with Michelle yeah. Carter. Yeah, I was saying, yeah, less than twelve hours later, you were drunk tweeting her, Valerie. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> See. Demons. We're definitely demons. Yes, for sure. Okay, so mine is from Flory. Hi, Flory. Flory. It's good to hear from you. She says, hi, demons. I was wondering when the next discusser email would be sent out. And boom, here it is. (laughs) Magical like that. (laughs) There it is. Okay. In chapter 15, we pick up with Diana back in New Haven, reflecting on how different it feels to be back. It seems like she's trying to slip back into her previous life as if nothing happened. I agree. It's typical Diana. Three books in and she's still denying the truth and her power. In Chris's lab, it was nice to see other creatures working side by side without any of the animosity that is present in other settings like the congregation. Ah, that there weren't any witches. You're the second person to Mm -hmm. say that. Yeah. Maybe that's why they can work together easily. Two kinds of creatures can work together, but put all three in the room and they dislike each other. I don't know. I I think you're guessing here. (laughs) But no, Flory, because if you remember in the Bishop house, like in book one, all three creatures hadn't killed each other, Mm -hmm. you know, season one. So I guess we can debunk that and say, yes, it is possible for all three creatures to work together. However, the congregation doesn't seem to want that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the big problem is, is that witches were pushed away from science because so many of them were female. Uh-huh. It's our own little STEM problem in the creature world. Not unlike the world around us, encouraging women to get into science. Mm-hmm. Stay in the kitchen, girly. That's okay. They became kitchen witches. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Miriam's amazing entry into the lab. Yes, let's talk about Shall we? that. I absolutely love her and hope we get to see more of her in future books. Maybe one day we'll get all of her story. For now, I'm happy to read about her putting people in their place and running the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Aren't we all? And the snippets we've gotten so far, when we find out that Miriam is staying with Galglass at his condo, do you think he's had it for years while he was keeping watch on Diana? Yes. Or that it was a recent purchase. No, no, I think okay. he's had it for a while because he's got all that 70s Danish modern furniture. Yeah. I lean towards the idea that he's had it for years and that's why Matthew seems so surprised when he learns of it. 
Did he realize in that moment that Gal Glass had been watching and protecting Diana her whole life? Yeah, because he said so in the beginning of the Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Matthew happened to be present when Gal Glass disclosed to him that yeah, during I've one of those watching. family dinner meeting, whatever things yeah. you want to call it at Septours. And even when yeah. Diane and Matthew were alone, I think they were looking at her, I don't know, gifts from Alan or from Philippe via Alan. Oh, her stash. Um, yeah. Yeah. That she realized the whole family Proctor, was- Bishop, De Claremont family has been working together for centuries. Centuries. Yeah. yeah. As always, excited to be part of the discussion and can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this chapter. Lots of love, Flory. And thank you thank for you, being Flory. part yes, of the discussion. Thank you, Flory. Yeah. Thank you to everyone. Everybody for being part of this, the discussion on such short notice. I sent it out yesterday, guys, and oh my god, I know. this is great! This is great. All right, so stick with us. After this, we'll do last thoughts and things we can't let go of, and we'll reveal the winners. Dun, dun, dun. Yay! Yay! This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discuss. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela all right. You guys have any last thoughts? I love the New Haven section. I mean, it's, yeah, there's a lot of tumultuous revelations, but overall things are really mo- clicking along fast and we're not wallowing. It's like yeah. Diana's gotten pushed out of her grief. Matthew's not so in his head and he mm-hmm. has things that he needs to do and everything kicks up a notch in New Haven. And I have to wonder if part of it's also the magic imbued in the place Yeah, yeah, that, yes. that puts them into high gear. And I mean, the team that we've got here in New Haven, we've got Galaglass and, and Miriam. I think the addition of Miriam is what just like ignites everything because yes. Miriam wasn't present at set tours and now yeah. that she's here it's like boom it's time to get moving yeah i like how miriam just came in and just said like everybody said in those emails she just came in and she had no time for chris no like look i'm not for play play no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and here's your reprimand already i'm not doing this shit <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile take me out to dinner yeah yes <laughs> i'll allow it yeah <laughs> 
Angela, you have any last thoughts? No, it's kind of the, the same. I hope people continue to write in just like they did because I don't know. I read this book 2014 and I really haven't delved into it again since then. And I listened to it the day we record just as a refresher. But people bring mm-hmm. up so many good points. I mean, mm-hmm. which is not in the lab or the the rosary beads and, you know, um, from the show. That was the show. Yeah, the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's things that I don't, I don't realize. I mean, even though this is like my second take on it, I'd love just the different perspectives. And I, I encourage people to keep writing in whether they think it's opposing our views or agreeing with our views or just a stray observation. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I'm glad you guys didn't take offense to our views. <laughs> just share your views. Yeah. We want to know yeah. what you guys think. That, and that made me happy. Yeah. It's like, I was expecting all kinds of angry emails. I'm never listening to you again. How dare yeah. you? But hopefully we tamped it down so you yeah. guys could understand where were we coming yeah, from. Yeah, we're not so. saying anybody who likes Chris is wrong. We're just saying... This is where we have our problems. I mean, yeah, you know, he is problematic as a person anyway. Yeah, as, as written, he's problematic as written. As written. Yes, absolutely. OK, so my last thoughts. Uh, thank you again for writing in, everybody. My God, that was crazy. <laughs> yes. We recorded yesterday. We actually did a uh, after party. And <laughs> that's why I mentioned the rosary beads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the rosary beads in our after party. We were recording an after party for episodes one and two for release during the AMC release. And uh, as we were recording, Angela piped up. She's like, Val, you know that last minute discusser email? People are really sending them in. I'm like, I just said that like 10 minutes ago. They were pouring in. Oh my God. So thank you for the responsiveness. I really, really appreciate it. And I put it out on Facebook, but I'm sure only a few of you got that. Because Facebook is Facebook, yes. but whatever. I guess I should announce the winners. Now, okay, here's the deal, guys. For the three, first three people that email hit our inbox, those are the people that are going to win because they won. I mean, the last minute email, they responded first. So we always choose three for our discusser emails. But as they poured in, I was like, we have to read all of yeah. these. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. So coming in second and third, respectively, Catherine Brown. Yay, Catherine. Michelle Parikh. I think that's how you pronounce that. And our winner, our grand prize winner, I'll throw in some extra, extra stuff in your package. Samantha Reeves. Yay, Yay, Samantha. Johnny in the spot. But all of you will be receiving a t-shirt of some sort. I'm going to, all three of you, I'm going to be looking for the stand back. I'm going to try science. We have had that t-shirt before, Mm -hmm. but that was years ago when we gave it away. So I'm going to look for it. And if I can't find it, you will get the second iteration of the Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know t-shirt, which is my personal favorite. We all love that shirt. Yeah. And we we give it out to our guests that have been on the podcast and anyone who, you know, we like. Just like here, have a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or a friend of the pod shirt. I haven't decided, but the first thing I'm going to actually look for is uh, the... Stand back. I'm going to try science. I found it. So, and it's got a stick figure on it, too. It's great. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Cool. 
And y'all be getting extra larges because I have no time to figure out your sizes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Extra large fits most people. You can sleep in it. You can tie a knot in it, make it smaller. You can cut it. Whatever. It's fine. It'll probably shrink anyways. (laughs) Right. Keep the reviews coming. We appreciate them and we see them. But this time we got flooded with emails. So we wanted to concentrate on the emails for chapter 15. Like I said earlier, Apple Podcasts has changed around their configuration. So when you look at the shit in the app, when you hit the episode notes, some of the links will not be clickable. Some of them are not organized as neatly as I want. And I have nothing to do with that. But just click the link to the full show notes and then you'll get all the links we we were talking about before all the links to Angela's blog posts, you know, for Gallo Glass's condo, uh, Harkness Tower. What else did we mention? There's a whole bunch in yeah, there. The, there's Beinecke's in there too. I visited the yeah. Beinecke and there's some videos oh, of, yeah. of me in there. The there's Carillon. Like four. Yeah. yeah. The Carillon. Yeah. So there's like four in there. So make sure you hit that up. All the other links that I said I was going to put in the show notes, I'll put in the show notes, all the pictures and stuff. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to look at, especially if you've never been to Yale or if you can't picture what they're describing in the books, it'd be cool to see the pictures. Oh, don't forget Laura Ventura's walking tour of New Haven that has kind of the map of where everything is, including their shopping expedition. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll definitely put that in there, too. So there's a lot to explore and see, guys. So there's that. And I think that's it. Yes. I think we're ready to say goodbye. <sighs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Give me a kiss. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.